Paramedic Hour for Thursday, April 15th, 2021, and this is your host, Pope Runyon, and tonight we are presenting Secrets of the First Conjuration of the Galatia. We have had a photocopy of a 300-year-old magical manuscript in our archives for 50 years and have used it for research, study, rituals, and publications, but until we began a serious study of Valentinian Gnosticism, we had no idea what secrets were hidden in this Elizabethan-era manuscript that we had been using for years. The structure of the celestial and terrestrial versions of the Tetragrammaton was set forth in the first conjuration of the Galatia. Elizabethan magicians were Neoplatonists and Hermeticists. They were partial to Christian Gnosticism and venerated the Most High God, honoring Jehovah as the God of the Earth Sphere. I now wonder if Sloan 2731 influenced us to realize the two tetragrammatons years before we discovered them in the text of the first conjuration. Now this really was this really was an aha, you know, and I'm, because we're we're working on the uh, on the library edition, the second edition of the Book of Solomon's Magic. And of course, the Book of Solomon's Magic deals with the Galatia, and that was uh, was what we started with back in in uh, 1996, and uh, that that along with our video, the uh, the Magic of Solomon, and and uh, now finally after after about 25 reprints of this book, it's it's very very popular. We finally decided to come out with a with a deluxe hardcover library edition. And, of course, we're going to uh, update it as much as possible. And and, uh, and in the course of that, we, I, we started studying the old manuscript again. And then, and what a surprise. Now, before we get into analyzing the first conjuration, let's clear up some misconceptions about the evil spirits. Uh, now... Evil spirits are misnamed. Uh, it, it's, you know, the Goetia is called the Book of Evil Spirits. It's misnamed. It should be called the Book of Discredited Entities. And it was perhaps the oldest catalog of such entities available. It has roots in ancient Babylon, Canaan, Egypt, and Greece. It is as old or older than the Bible. And... As all scholars admit, Baal and Ashtoreth are the demonic transformations of the ancient Canaanite god Baal and, and his consort goddess Astarte. It has antecedent manuscripts as early as 300 A.D. in Greek and 1300 A.D. in Arabic. And our copy dates from the last years of the 17th century and was obviously written during the Elizabethan period. We will now review the entire conjuration and then separate it into three sections or two sections for analysis. Lamegaton Claviculia Salomonis, the conjuration to call forth any of the aforesaid spirits. I conjure, invoke and conjure thee, spirit in, 
And being with the power armed from the Supreme Majesty, I strongly command you by Barlamensis, Balmachiensis, Palmanchia, and the power and the most powerful princes, Shineo, Leachidea, minions of the Tartarian sheep princes of the seat of Apologia in the Ninth Region. I exercise and powerfully command you, Spirit in, by him that said the word and it was done, and by the holy and most glorious names of the most holy and true God, and those most holy names, Adonai, El, Elohim, Elohei, Zebaoth, Elion, Esarche, Yah, Tetragrammaton, Sedai, that you forthwith appear and show yourselves unto me here before this circle in fair and human shape without any deformity or ugly shape, and forthwith without delay. Do you come from all parts of the world to make rational answers to all things I shall ask of you? And come ye peaceably, visibly, and affably without delay, manifesting what I desire, being conjured by the name of the eternal and living true God, Elioran, I conjure you by the especial and true name of your God that ye owe obedience unto, and by the name of your king which bears rule over you, that forthwith you come without tarrying and fulfill my desires and commands and persist unto the end according uh, to, to my intentions. And I conjure you by him to whom all creatures are obedient. And by his ineffable name, Tetragrammaton, Jehuia, which being heard, the elements are overthrown, the air is shaken, the sea runneth back, the fire is quenched, the earth trembleth, and all the host of celestials, terrestrials, and infernals do tremble and are troubled and confounded together. That you visibly and affably speak unto me with a clear voice, intelligible and without any ambiguity. Therefore, come ye in the name of Adonai Zebaoth, Adonai Amiorum. Come ye, come ye, why stay you? Adonai Shaddai, King of Kings, commands you. The first section will be from, we'll analyze, will be from, I invoke and conjure thee, in line number one to the eternal and living God Heliorum in line number 11. The barbarous names, Parliamensis, Balkiensis, Palmanchi, and Apollerosides, are Gnostic from the first century or earlier. The most powerful princes, Genel and Laocades, ministers of the Tartarian seat, inform us that the spirits of the Goetia who claim to be fallen angels, have, have not been consigned to the Klephoff, but have been given a Dionysian Dante-esque Christian hell, much kinder than the Hebrews would have inflicted on them. The Goetia of the Lenegaton is a Gnostic Christian grimoire. It has a Kabbalistic structure, but no connection with the Hebrew Clifar. The original writer of the Goetia was a Gnostic Christian Kabbalist. He conjures the spirit of the most holy and most glorious names 
of the most holy and true God, Adonai, El, Elohim, Elohe, Zebel, Elion, Esarche, Yah, Tetragrammaton. He is not conjuring Yahweh, YHVH, or Jehovah, but by the original God of the Bible, El, of the Elohim, also known as Elion. In this case, the Tetragrammaton would be the celestial fourfold name based on the mother letters of the Sefer Yitzhak. The Christian Gnostics considered Jehovah a demiurge whose power manifested mainly in the terrestrial dimension. The writer of the conjuration makes certain that his theological hierarchy is understood by invoking the eternal and living and true God, Helioran, the sun god. A similar declaration got Giordano Bruno burned at the stake a hundred years earlier. But the Elizabethans still wanted Yahweh's terrestrial tetragrammaton to complete the manifestation in their physical in the physical kingdom Malkuth, the realm of the elements. And so, in the second section of the conjuration, they conjure by him to whom all creatures are obedient, and by his ineffable name, Tetragrammaton Jehuya, which being heard the elements are overthrown, the air is shaken, the sea runneth back, the fire is quenched, the earth trembleth, and all the hosts of celestials, terrestrials, and infernals do tremble and are troubled and confounded together. Now we are trying to suggest that the writer of this conjuration, we are not trying to suggest that the writer of this conjuration consciously differentiated between celestial and terrestrial tetragrammatons. He probably thought they were both the same formula, YHVH. The Old Testament of the Bible had been rewritten during the Babylonian captivity to replace El, Elion, and Elohim with Yahweh. The Christian Gnostics rejected this, but the Roman Church accepted it. And after they wiped out the Cathars, the Romans were the authorities. So, our Elizabethan Gnostic magician did not differentiate between the two formulas consciously, but subconsciously he obviously did. Yahweh Jehovah is called on secondarily to manifest the desires of the terrestrial kingdom. While the spirits are conjured in the celestial dimension of Yenzira by all the original holy names of God, the celestial tetragrammaton formula for a 22-letter alphabet would be Shamata, the three mother mothers, fire, water, air, and Saturn for Earth. This formula was put through a complex transition to become Ezra's tribal god, Yahweh, YHVH. But the Christian Gnostic avatar, Valentinius, accepted Jehovah as the demiurge who ruled the elements, and so we will continue to venerate him in Goetic theurgy. As stated earlier, the Goetia is very old, and its spirits are even older, dating back to ancient Babylon, Canaan, Egypt, and Greece. This antiquity has led to confusion in tracing its origins. The earliest version we have is Greek, the Testament of Solomon from about the 2nd century A.D., which probably originated in Alexandria, possibly from the Jewish community there. The next rendition is in Arabic. The Medicine of Solomon 
1300 A.D. from Moorish Spain, which obviously derived from the Testaments. And finally, we have the version connected to the Leviathan, which is both Gnostic, Christian, and Kabbalistic. The British magician Thomas Rudd did something, uh, had something to do with Kabbalizing it, although there was a Jewish version called the Sefer Shalomo. And yet the spirits of the Lamegatons Goetia were raised up from a Christian Tartarus, not a Jewish or Muslim helm. Their overworld and underworld were established by a Syrian Christian theologian of the 5th and 6th centuries A.D., Pseudo-Dionysus, the Arapagate. He was Pseudo-Dionysus because he wrote under the name of the deceased philosopher Dionysus to give his work more authority. All of this considered, we must conclude that the Goetia and, in fact, the rest of the Lamegaton is Christian, and most of the spirits and our entities fallen from grace, not evil demons. It is remarkable that so much of early Christian Gnosticism survived in the Elizabethan manuscript. It is not only an evocation of spirits, it is a study in religious and philosophical syncretism. Now, let's consider some other commentaries on the Galatians. The best, in my opinion, is one by the Brazilian author, Leo Holmes. And we've, we've discussed this before on the show, but, this, but, but, but because we're, we're working on this manuscript right now, I want to mention Leo's book again. It's called Lamulgaton, Galatia and the Stellar Tradition by Leo Holmes. And unfortunately, it, it's very limited, and I'm, and uh, I don't, I'm, I don't know how easy it is to get a hold of. I don't think Amazon carries it. It was uh, published in published in limited edition. My um, thank you. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the publisher the publisher has his has has his name in such a small print we can't even read it. Uh, but it's uh, but as I say. It, it's copyrighted 2013 by Leo Holmes, and uh, the title is the Lamugaton, which is uh, a related. He he's relating that to uh, to ancient um, Babylonian astrology. Now, I'd like to I'd like to read just a little bit from the first uh, from the first chapter. Baal, Ashtaroth, Berith. Balbareth, Lord of Canaan, whose name was given, has given to the Lebanese city, the Lady, and Sagon, Dagon, are the most obvious cases of Goetics who were worshipped as gods in the ancient Near East. And as many others, they were turned into evil creatures and demons by the monotheists. Abrahamic religions, and therefore rejected in other occurrences. Asmodee being one example, the demons of other pantheons, and in case Zoroastrian, were incorporated. Uh, since we are lucky 
and since demons are damn hard to to slay, not all the sources were buried or erased, and though methodical research through methodical research we can retrace the spirit's origins. Now, this is Holmes. Holmes' book goes on to actually relate the goetic spirits to the zodiac. And and this is a marvelous little book. Uh, I I very much I very much wish I could I I could uh you know I I I'd, I'd like to publish it but but I I know uh, I know Leo appreciated our 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 good review on it. Anyway, uh if you can if you can find it and you can get it, I strongly recommend it. It was a limited edition. I have copy number 160. Now, let's talk a little bit about the Testament of Solomon about the history of this whole thing. Uh the Testament of Solomon is the first the uh, of the demons, of the catalogs of the demons that helped Solomon build his temple, and that he ended up putting in the in the brass vessel. Now we all know about the Arabian Nights nice story of putting you know, putting the spirit the, the genie uh imprisoning him in the crucible or the or the or the brass vessel and which which is sealed on the top with the seal of Solomon or the throw of the sea and then some poor then some poor fisherman uh brings it up in his net and he opens it up and out comes the genie, you know, you know, we we will we've all either he has heard that story or read it or seen it in the movies. Anyway, it all starts with uh, with the Galatia, and it all starts with the Testament of Solomon, which was first uh, merged uh, maybe around 300 uh, A.D., and it was it was written in Greek. Now, it was written in Greek, but it still concerns Solomon, so it has a it has a Jewish influence, obviously, and. Yeah, it may very well have emerged from Alexandria, where they had that large, that large Jewish community, many of which spoke Greek, because, and many of which were Pythagoreans, and 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 were very much into, uh, uh, you know, into into Greek cosmology and magic. Now I'm gonna, uh, what this book gives is a whole list of the demons. This is Solomon. Solomon uh, conjures and 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 seals and and has working for him and his 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 uh, discussions with them, which I will read a couple here, so you can get kind of an idea what's this like. And when Solomon heard this, he rose up from his throne and went outside into the vestibule of the court of his palace, and there he saw the demon shuddering and trembling. And he said to him, Who art thou? And the demon answered, I am called Orionis. And Solomon said to him, Tell me, O demon, for sign thou art thou art subject to. And he answered, To the water pourer, and those who are consumed with the desire for the, the noble virgins upon the earth. These I strangle, but in case there is no dispensation to sleep, I am charged into three, I am changed into three forms. Wherefore men come to be enamored by a woman, 
I metamorphosize myself into a comely female, and I take hold of the men in their sleep and play with them. And that's what that is. And after a while, I again take to my wings and high me to the heavenly regions, and I also appear as a lion, and I am commanded by all the demons, and I am the offspring of the archangel Uriel, the power of God. Solomon, having heard the name of the archangel, prayed and glorified God, the Lord of heaven and earth, and I sealed the demon and set him to work stone-cutting, so that he might cut these stones in the temple which, laying along the shore, had been brought by the, by the Sea of Arabia. But he, fearful of the iron, continue, uh, continued and said to me, I pray thee, King Solomon, let me go free, and I will bring you all the demons. And as he was not willing to be subject to me, I prayed to the archangel Uriel to come and succor me, and and I forthwith beheld the archangel Uriel coming down to me from the heavens. And the angel bade the whales of the sea come up out of the abyss. And he cast his destiny upon the ground. And the destiny made subject to him the great demon. And he commanded the great demon to hold Oranos to cut the stones of the temple, and accordingly I, Solomon, glorified the God of heaven and the maker of earth. And he bade Oranus come with his destiny and give him seal, saying, Away with thee, and bring me hither the prince of all the demons. Now, this goes on, and what Solomon discovers is each one of these demons does, does something terrible. And yet, each one of them has either an angel or a astrological relationship or something that controls him. So Solomon demands to know what it is that controls. And in this case, the case of Oranus, it was it was the archangel Uriel. That, but then, having having uh, uh, the angel tell him what controls him, he puts the demon to work on the temple. Now, this goes on through this whole catalog of demons, who they don't necessarily match up. Some of them do, but they don't necessarily match up with the later Galatian spirits. But this sets the pattern. Solomon controls the demons. Okay. Now, this sets the pattern. The next version of this that we see is an Arabic version of this called the Medicine of Solomon. And this medicine of Solomon. There, the, the, the demons in the, in the medicine of Solomon are even worse than the ones in the Testament. They they cause diseases and they they kill people and they they do all sorts of terrible things. But each one of them has a a nemesis in the medicine of Solomon. This was Arabic, and it was, as far as we know, done around 1300 A.D. And it was discovered back in the 1960s in a castle in Spain. It was uh, hidden, and the workmen were renovating and you know, restoring the castle. And and sure enough, they discovered this is an exciting story. They discovered this this manuscript, and a friend of mine, 
who called himself Mamdu al-Dai at that time, uh, he has since become Shadrach. Uh, what was it? What is it? Uh, Nineveh Shadrach. That's right. And that's that's his present uh, that's his present moniker. I think right now he's over. I think right now he's over with the uh, with the Moros in the Philippines. But anyway, Nineveh takes this this old manuscript in Arabic, and he translates it into English. Oh boy! And, and anyway, this was exciting, and 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 it's definitely in the in the in the Galatia chain. And by the way, none of the none of the apparently Leo Holmes wasn't aware of it, and the present magical scholar who claims to be the authority on the Galatia, that's Colin D. Campbell, and of course also Stephen Skinner. They they don't even recognize the medicine of Solomon. They won't even admit that it exists because it doesn't fit into their to their structure of of the Galatia. But it does exist, and I have a copy of it. And uh, Nineveh asked me, he said, should we uh, publish a grimoire on this thing? And I I said, good heavens, no, Nineveh, these spirits are so evil. Yeah, we know how to how to banish them, but we don't we don't you know we we don't want to do that. Let's not let's not publish it. Just 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 the book itself. That's enough. And but sure enough, somebody else did exactly that. They published a, how to invoke them and sick them on people, and and that's called the Book of Smokeless Fire. If you if you you <laughs> if you if you want to be evil, but. Uh, no, we don't. We don't really, because most of the Galatian spirits are really—they really are pagan gods, and and uh, or or ancient uh, ancient spirits, divas, what have you, that are not necessarily—they're not necessarily evil. Some of them, some of them are dangerous. By the way, also I have Colin Campbell's uh, the other commentary. This is of the art Galatia. Let me let me see who published this. And of course, Stephen Skinner has has the uh, the Galatia of Doctor Rudd. You might want to look that one up. This uh, the Art Galatia was copyright 2015 by Colin D. Campbell. And uh, but here again, it's a limited edition. Uh, this this particular copy is number 480. Now, it's uh, published by the the Tishian Press. T e i T-A-N Press, 2015. Now, let's read about at least his discussion of the manuscripts in English by the Galatia. The English language manuscripts that became known as Galatia appear in the 17th century, and the listing of spirits depends at least in part on the translation of Johann Weir's Pseudo-Monarchia Demonorum. The original Scots the Dictionary of Witchcraft, which is available, it is very possible that they came into existence as a result of Scott's work, either directly through those researches or indirectly through some interested parties. If that's true, where did all this Gnostic material come from? You know, come on. However, this could not have been the role reference the sole reference, from which these manuscripts were created. For one simple reason, 
along with the extraneous material not present in Scott, the seals of the spirits are conspicuously absent in the earlier printed versions. This recognition suggests the existence of an as yet undiscovered manuscript with a pivotal role in the history of the Galatia in any language. The source manuscript containing the seals of the spirits, much of the text could have originated in the known manuscript, but the seals themselves remain an enigma. It is reasonable to assume that Weir's Latin source and the seals and the earlier uh, and, and he either chose not to publish them or simply unable to have them have them typeset. After all, he was not intending to publish a thorough source work, and but included a purposefully redacted appendix representative of the treatise of the treatise on black magic and in later edition of his previously published work, a version of the source text might have been referenced by one of the compilers of the manuscripts, but has since been lost. I don't think uh, I don't think Brother Colin uh, has really addressed the issue, because as we have just demonstrated uh, in the, in reading the First Conjuration, there is a great deal more here than and a list of spirits that, that the Walter Scott published. A tremendous amount more here. And what he's not thinking about is the Kabbalistic aspects, the Pythagorean aspects, the Gnostic aspects, all of the very fascinating material that goes into the Coatia and especially into the Conjuration has not been addressed at all. And uh, as I said, this is, and, and, and as Leo Holmes very, very definitely demonstrates, this is a very, very, very old, old manuscript. And we're going to publish a, uh, a photo of the of the old manuscript that we have read tonight. We're going to uh, publish that on, on the website so you can have a look at it. You can have a look at it on the website. And even if you're, even if you're not an associate member, you can still have a look at it. Can't we? Yeah, so uh, if you want to see what it was that this mysterious manuscript that I that I read and, and analyzed, uh, come to uh, chsota.org and have a look, because uh, we'll have it up in a couple of days. And uh, that just about concludes what we have for, for tonight. And uh, be sure and tune in next week at the same time, and we will have more hermetic mysteries for you. And meanwhile, good magic. Do more together this holiday season in a new Chevy. Take on more adventure in the strong and capable Chevy Silverado. More confidence in the Chevy Equinox, winner of the J.D. Power Award for initial quality among compact SUVs two years running. More value in the all-new Chevy Trax with an available 11-inch diagonal touchscreen. Or more fun in the incredibly stylish Chevy Blazer. Bring the holidays together in a new Chevy.
Get 500 red tag bonus cash on select popular Chevy models. Find new roads at your Southern California Chevy dealers. For J.D. Power 2023 U.S. initial quality study award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. $500 red tag bonus cash on select popular models. Available on the purchase of most 2023-2024 Silverado 1500 models. Not available on 2023 Silverado leases. Available on all 2023-2024 Blazer and Equinox models and all 2022-2023 Traverse and Trailblazer models. Not available with some other offers. Take new retail delivery by 1224. Hello, Jan from Toyota here. Hi, Jan. Just wanted to say thanks. With the Grand Highlander we got at Toyotathon, we've been able to do so much, including five different ski trips, four family functions, three potlucks, two shopping sprees, and we even got a really big tree. Wow, I'm really impressed. Dealer inventory may vary. Offers are subject to change throughout Toyotathon, which ends on January 2nd. See your participating Toyota dealer for details. Toyota, let's go places. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.